Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. Do you think we can even count the number of bloopers we've made over the last year as we've been working on this podcast? No way. Absolutely not. (laughs) No way. We've had way too many bloopers. But I think we've proved our worthiness despite them, you think? I think Bloop would agree at least. Yeah. Bloop, written by Tara Lazar and illustrated by Mike Bolt, is a story of an alien adventure gone awry. I love the endless humor in both the text and art, and of course, the heartwarming, satisfying ending. We're excited to talk with Tara, Mike, and their editor, Tamara Mays, about their creative process for Bloop. Let's talk. We want to know, where did the inspiration for Bloop come from? Well... You know, most of my books start with a title. Okay. And this one did not oh. start with a title. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> I am not a real good party person. When I go to like parties with a lot of people, like two or three people's fine. But if there are a lot of people and I don't know a lot of the people there, I am no good. I go into another room and I play with the household pets. (laughs) (laughs) So there I am at a holiday party and I'm in a different room and I'm in this gorgeous house. This just beautiful house. And they have two dogs and these two dogs rule the roost. They have the most beautiful fluffy beds and all the treats you could ever want and all the toys. And a friend of mine walked into the room where I was like petting the dogs. And I'm like, don't these dogs have the life? <laughs> if an alien came down to earth and met these dogs, they'd think they were royalty. They were in charge. And she said to me, Tara, that should be your next book. Oh my goodness, I love that. Wow. And then I went, bing! And then your flu first came out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I said, yes, that should be my next book. And so it began with that concept or that idea that an alien is going to come down to earth, meet dogs and think, huh, these are the superior species because they're treated so well. That's excellent. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Tamar, what was it about the book that made you want to acquire it? So there's a story, right? Because actually, truth be told, I didn't acquire it. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) But I like to think that I would have anyway. (laughs) So there was an editor at Harper called Chris Hernandez, and he acquired Bloop. And he got another job before it was too far along, actually. And um, I think we had we had um, a draft of the manuscript that had been used to acquire the book. And Mike was signed on already. Or, but Well, not entirely, but most of the way signed on. <laughs> and, um, and then Chris got another job at another house. So I had worked with Tara before, and we'd had a wonderful time together. And so that was the pairing that made a lot of sense. But Perfect. I absolutely... Absolutely love Bloop, and as I said, I'm I'm just going to say I w- I would have acquired it, and I would have acquired it because it's such a great read aloud. It really yes. is. It really yeah, is definitely. And I'm sure you probably would have also selected Mike for the illustrator. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, in hindsight, how can you imagine Bloop any other way? Right. right? No, you just can't. No. And so, Mike, what made you say yes to working on the project? You get these manuscripts in your inbox and they're like, hey, would you consider this manuscript? And a good telltale for me is when I read it that very first time is how many ideas I instantly have. Tara, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Bloop always the original title or? No. That's right. It was called... I couldn't think of a title because I usually think of a title first. I called it Alien in the Doghouse, which is a terrible title. (laughs) So I remember Alien in the Doghouse was the the manuscript title that came in. And so instantly it's like, okay, like this will be interesting to read because, I mean, I seem to get a lot of like dog type books these days. But so you read it and you're like, man, this is a really great idea and I had a lot of ideas and it was very true everything Tara said about how what inspired her was all along the lines of how ideas come to me too so I was tracking right away with this manuscript very cool very cool so Tara what was your writing process like for the story well I usually when I get an idea that I'm excited about I usually let it soak into my brain for a long time first. I just let it settle in there and subconsciously think about it or think about pieces of it for weeks and sometimes months. This was probably a couple of months that I thought about this story before I actually sat down to write it. Um... And then, you know, it it tumbled out pretty quickly. And I find that the ones that come out pretty well on the first draft are usually the ones that end up being sold. Interesting. I had all the pieces really together in my head. 
So the first draft was pretty good, I have to say, if I do say so myself. We need to celebrate those little wins, every little win, right? We do. Yes. We do. Yes. Tamara, what did the editing process look like for this book? We worked on it a little bit back and forth, maybe clarifying a couple of things, but nothing major. Yeah, nothing major. We went back and forth a couple of times. And then after Mike came in and did some of the illustrations, we changed a few things. Okay. And I, of course, remember the process to come up with the title. He was named Bloop because he made too many bloopers. And so that was his name in the manuscript all along because I liked the name Bloop to go along with bloopers. And then... There we go. There's a title it's for you. It's a great you. title. It's so fun to say. It's such a fun right? title. <laughs> and the cover, who can resist that cover? Mike, your art is so fun to look at. It's so colorful. Can you give us a look into what your illustration process is like? Essentially, it always starts with the sketches of all the ideas that come into your head. So there's a number of different doodles for Bloop. And when you're thinking about an alien dog, at first I thought, do I want the dog to look very alien? Because it blends in with all the other dogs, right? right? So I thought, what's the most alien looking dog we have here on Earth? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was like, it had to be like a pug, right? Those are kind of ridiculous. Any pug but owners like out there listening, them. it's not meant to be an insult. <laughs> no, I love them. I love They're pugs. Adorable. They're so adorable. But I said, well, if I turned one green, I don't think people would really question the alien thing. And so the first couple of sketches I did, he was actually just like a normal pug color. But then I thought, maybe I'll just embrace the alien side of it and really allow him to stand out. And we'll just make them green. <laughs> Adorable. I love that. That's fantastic. Was there any part of the story that was particularly challenging to illustrate? The first two, I think we went a little bit back and forth on like getting it right. And it's the setup stage, right? And it's off world. It's on XYZ. <laughs> and so how exactly can I get all this information into these like first two spreads? There wasn't a lot of timing to get it in there with the page count. And yet it's important to set the stage for what was happening there for Blue. Is there anything else that you would like to share about the creation of this book? Oh, yes. Uh, as Mike was just talking <laughs> about the illustration process, I remember I kept saying, can he make the poop bigger? Because <laughs> I really wanted to make it glaringly obvious that people peek, pick up dogs poop oh my gosh that's so funny <laughs> and like that is why dogs are in charge okay you know <laughs> I love it. it's a it's a valid I'm, point absolutely tara when you write i know some writers tend to draft with the page spreads in mind or do you just tend to write and leave that completely up to the editor or the illustrator well i think i have internalized page terms. Mm -hmm. I've written so many manuscripts that it just comes out automatically where, okay, this would be a page turn. This would be a page turn. I kind of tend to think in spreads when I'm writing, but it's not so overt. It's really internalized. It's so that when I'm done with a manuscript, I look at it and I'm like, 
okay, it works. Sounds good. <laughs> nice. Um, because in the past, I did used to plug it into, you know, a 12 to 14 page spread count. But it's just, I've done so many now, I've internalized that process and it kind of comes out automatically. I know the beats and the rhythms that happen with the manuscript. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. One last question. So let's start with you, Tamar. When someone reads Bloop, what do you hope they feel or learn? I just really hope they have fun with it. I mean, I think that the Bloop age group, kids have such a keen sense of humor. And this is just, you know, such a delight to the funny bone of the readers. Yes, yes definitely. That's a great way to put it. What about you, Mike? I think my favorite part of this book is that family scene where they kind of like all come together and where Bloop is so, at first he's so sad to leave it. And then when that little girl asks him to stay, see, the whole book is very funny, but that's a very heartfelt moment within this like very funny book. Definitely. All right, Tara, when someone reads Bloop, what do you hope they feel or learn? Well, I hope they laugh <laughs> because that is my primary goal when writing is that I want kids to have fun with the book that they're reading because I want reading to be fun from a real early age so that it instills a lifelong love of reading. So I feel like that's my job as a picture book author is to make kids love reading. So I'm always thinking in terms of what is a kid gonna enjoy? What are they gonna laugh? A big thank you to Tara, Mike, and Tamar for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Bloop. Check out the show notes to learn more about Tara and Mike and their other fabulous books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and happy, happy looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. <laughs>